The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The big change is that big tech is planning for AI. Giants in the industry investing in startups. Red flag or good for science? Anish Chopra, the first U.S. chief technology officer, joins us. This is not about a few winners getting access. This is tens of thousands of organizations, large enterprises and startups that are looking to incorporate what is clearly a productivity-enhancing infrastructure. Retail veteran Mickey Drexler, after years at the helm of J. Crew, few know the consumer better. How higher prices are impacting shoppers, or are they? Customers want style, they want value, and those drive growth along with distinguished personality marketing to an emotional business. Plus, the stalled Activision-Microsoft merger may be back on. Chipmaker Arm files for an IPO, and Subway sandwich artists, they've got competition. Can you say Danny DeVito, Jersey Mike's? It is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Good morning, investors! Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is out today. It's summer. The two of us are here. We're going to take that as a victory lap. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll be good today. Andrew will be back tomorrow. But uh, two out of three. Ain't bad. Is that meatball? Two out of three ain't bad. It is uh, meatloaf. (laughs) Meatballs is a movie. Yes. Got some news overnight breaking as well. Microsoft actually submitted a new deal for the takeover of Activision Blizzard, offering some concessions after UK regulators rejected its initial proposal. Under the deal, Microsoft says that it will not acquire cloud rights for existing Activision PC and console games or for new games that are released by Activision during the next 15 years. Instead, those rights will be divested to French game publisher Ubisoft, I guess. Ubisoft? Ubisoft? Ubisoft Entertainment. That would be prior to Microsoft's acquisition. Shares of that company, um, as you might anticipate, taking off on this news, up by about 7.25%. You saw that both Microsoft and Activision shares were higher on this news as well. The U.K. Competition and Markets Authority said that it would investigate the new restructured agreement with a decision deadline of October 18th. The chief executive of that regulator spoke to Worldwide Exchange earlier this morning. We haven't taken a final decision. We are today simply opening a new investigation. But Microsoft have made clear in their statement they believe that this deal fully addresses our competition concerns. We will be investigating that in the new investigation we've launched today. Now, Microsoft will be compensated for its divestment to Ubisoft through a one-off payment and a market-based wholesale pricing mechanism. But this is pretty interesting because the CMA, if they rule against you, you can't do it. Um, I think it's pretty unusual for them to reopen and agree to look at this again, but pretty important if that deal is going to get done. I I don't know the ramifications of not being in one small area uh, of the world. It didn't seem like that big a deal, but uh, I I guess you, you want everybody on board. 
But it is, if you're not in the UK, but you're in the EU and you're in the United States and you're in the rest of the world, does it really matter? I guess. It just seems like it'd be pretty complicated right. to try and maintain and keep that up. Um, you but want it, this to get passed. But the CMA has been the target of a lot of frustration from business leaders around the world saying, if, if you don't want businesses here, keep this up. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we were talking about it yesterday. They, there are a lot of new tech rules for our, and we went over the great tech companies that the EU is picking on again. And I, I just once again was saying, bitter party of one, you know, none of them are yours, are they? Do you have a single one that, that got anything going our on? our regulators have been singing a pretty similar tune. You wonder what's going to happen to some of these Eventually, too. but uh, it, it does seem, I, you know, it's not, I, it's, that's not what it is, but I am waiting for just the first startup to come out of Europe. Chip designer Arm has filed for uh, an initial public offering on the NASDAQ. The company uh, is owned by Japan SoftBank. Wants to trade under the symbol. I'm going to give you three guesses what the ticker symbol would be. A, R, D. <laughs> you were so you got two out of three. Just like you're close. It would be Arm, A R M. In the filing, uh, Arm reported 524 million dollars in net income on 2.7 billion dollars in revenue in fiscal uh, 2023, which uh, ended in March. I don't know, kind of burying the lead there because that. I think that earnings, earnings number was 50% hmm. of last year. Fell by quarterly profit, fell by more than 50%. So it's still going to go forward. Be the biggest filing on the yeah. NASDAQ? It is. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, you are the vicissitudes of the mobile phone market uh, are, you know, that's what happens. And down 50%. People were talking about AI, wondering if there's anything they can do. We're going to have a big discussion too. about uh, AI coming up and how, and it, with Anish and yeah. Chopra yeah. and how you, it, it's kind of interesting because all the big players are kind of funding the startups. So it looks like, you know, is that good for competition? Well, right. Is it would, real competition? Yeah, but wouldn't it be better if... The private sector, even if it is the big names, they have money. They can fund well, it. I was, I was going to say better than getting the government. You need a lot to, of money with AI. You do. So let them let them do it, and then we'll see how it it shakes out. But they may end up one of them. Whoever does it right will end up probably leading the way. But who else? It's you don't always have a, you know, all of a sudden a Facebook comes along or a, you know something that totally disrupts everybody else. We'll see. They, yeah. I'd rather do that than have, you know, the. Uh, the public sector get involved trying to That's with everything. That's kind of how China's doing it. China, there's an article yesterday that blew my mind. It, it j just that how similar it looks to Japan in terms of they've just totally dominate to a certain point and, and then, then not. spend too much money, too much debt, and they could go into a prolonged period of underperformance. And when when Ch uh, Japan did it, their their GDP per capita was almost fifty thousand right. dollars. China's still not even a high-income country. Their per capita GDP is $12,000. So Xi's move away from what was working, the Deng Xiaoping pro-capitalist model. Yeah. yeah, that that model. You can't dominate the world if your economy is not... Growing? Yeah. <laughs> and it could be half of what it was for the past 20 years. It could be 3%. Where was that article? I didn't see it. Is in, it uh, in the Wall Street Journal. But we're you know, 76,000 right. GDP per, per, capita, per capita, per capita, right. per capita. So they've got a lot more people. So their GDP 
we thought they'd pass us. People are now saying they may never pass us. The day that was supposedly coming sooner or later. But if the, this the is true, they're not, not going to pass us. It is. And, and what's happened over the last 40 years. And you remember the absolute top of, of Japan was when they bought Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. I do. For, I think, $2 billion. Buy, dollars was Rockefeller Center one of the ones they were going to buy? I think too? They, were, they were going to buy that too. And now ushered in 20 years of you know, deflation and, and uh, flat stock market. And you know, nothing good happened for, for 20 years. Rourke Capital is nearing a deal to buy the Subway sandwich chain, Subway, for about $9.6 billion, according to a Wall Street Journal report that said Rourke uh, has pulled ahead of other bidders, including TDR and Sycamore. Subway has been owned by its uh, two founding families for more than 50 years. The company has more than 20,000 U.S. restaurants. How many globally? 37,000. Uh, global sales uh, peaked at $18 billion in 2012, but slowed in the last decade as franchisees exited the system and new rivals uh, expanded. Can you say Danny DeVito, Jersey mm, Mike's? Jersey Mike's. Mm -hmm. Rourke has, uh, has plenty of, experience, of restaurant experience. The private equity company uh, owns stakes in Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings parent Inspire Brands and has investments in more than a dozen other uh, restaurant brands. You know who the sponsor of the Rutgers Athletic Center is, where the basketball team plays? Jersey Mike's? It is. I like Jersey Mike's. I like Danny DeVito, too. He's funny. I like him, too. Yeah. Philadelphia. Philly? Well, he, the Philadelphia, it always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's oh, that's right. Think of him. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But he, he's a Jersey guy. Right. Yeah. So all the crime's happening in the sunlight, at least. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, big mega cap tech spending, big dollars in the artificial intelligence race. A report from our Julia Borston and what the eye-popping amounts mean for startups. Former U.S. Chief Technology Officer Anish Chopra. In the area of AI, I think the idea here is more innovation. That'll help the American economy win in the global context. So that is a pro-innovation agenda that the Biden administration appears committed to. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. Stand by, Joe. His mic. Thank you. Good morning, investors. Good morning. Did, did you watch that yesterday? No. It said good morning and then period. And it said investors will be doing this. But I initially read it. Good, good morning, morning investors. investors. And these two guys, at least Wynn and Wapner, both liked it and think that we should <laughs> uh, actually incorporate it into the show, which this smart ass uh, that wrote this latest, I guess it's Greco. Good morning. I'm going to do it. Good morning, invest. Good morning, investors. 
And well, everybody else. And everybody else. <laughs> We're mostly, yeah, I guess there's people that are uh, uh, taking a trial run, might not yeah, actually maybe be. Maybe dipping a toe into it, fine. seeing what they think. Right, or in this economy, maybe they don't have a, to, to, uh, you know, pretty strong or a economy. window to throw it out of. Yeah, it's pretty exactly. strong yeah, economy. If you can f afford to buy a dozen eggs. Uh, when, when things go up over two years, they stay there. That's what yeah, I finally I, I figured was out. Shocked. I was I shocked at the long term. If you're looking at pre-COVID numbers versus post-COVID, right. you're paying 25% more at the grocery store. You know, gas at $3.80 a gallon is 60% above 2020. Yeah, if you look at 2019 and When he came into office, down. so if they brag about gas prices being down, it's still 60% above. Technology giants aren't just investing in their own AI systems. They are playing a key role in the AI startup world, and that is raising some red flags. Julia Borston joins us right now to break down the new investments, alliances, and possible pitfalls. Julia, good morning. Well, Becky, it is a complex new ecosystem of giants and startups, and the tech giants are right now playing an outsized role in this especially generative AI space because of the cost of the infrastructure and computing power necessary for generative AI. For instance, Snap and Spotify don't have the scale to develop their own generative AI tools, so they're licensing OpenAI's ChatGPT to run Snap's chatbot and Spotify's AI DJ tool. And while OpenAI licensed ChatGPT and Google licenses it's a generative AI technology. Meta is challenging not only those tools, but that entire business model by giving away its open source Llama 2 for free. Now it's expanding its partnership with Microsoft by offering that tool through its Azure platform. Now Microsoft and all these other tech giants that provide AI infrastructure and tools are together investing billions of dollars into AI startups. Chip giant NVIDIA has backed dozens, participating in a $270 million Series C round for Cohere, a $1.3 billion investment round in Inflection AI, along with a $191 million round into Runway, which creates generative AI videos from text, images, or other video. Now, Microsoft, in its addition to its $10 billion investment into OpenAI, also backed Inflection AI, along with other AI startups, including Typeface, which is a generative AI content creator for the enterprise, and Builder, which is an app development platform. Meanwhile, Google invested in Anthropic, a rival to Microsoft's OpenAI, along with Runway. But these investments and alliances are starting to raise some regulatory eyebrows. Now, the tech giants are suppliers. They're also competitors in many senses and also potential acquirers of the startups they're backing, which could potentially limit the opportunities for young rivals. Becky? All right, Julia, if I'm an investor, I would want them to be doing just this. All of these technology, these big tech companies have a lot of cash on hand. AI is the bold new world. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but if you've got money around and I'm an investor in your company, I would probably appreciate it if you were seeding some bets around to make sure you didn't get lapped and beaten out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very smart for them to make bets in different categories. I mean, and think about Microsoft. Of course, they want to be making a bet into an, a, a generative content company for the enterprise, thinking about how maybe that might fit into the tools they already offer. But I think for now, these partnerships and investments are mutually beneficial. For instance, 
Google invested in Anthropic, and then they announced a cl- cloud partnership. So in, in a space where some of these resources, such as chips, can be not scarce, but harder to, to, to get in, in the types of scale that you might need them, whether it's cloud infrastructure or chips, it's beneficial because not only do these, these startups get investments, but they also get access to the resources they need because generative AI requires just so much computing power. Julia, thank you. All right, for more uh, on this, on AI and the kinds of regulations that could uh, come from all this around the sector, let's bring in Anish Chopra, former chief technology officer at the White House. He's currently president of Care Journey. And it's already, I can see it happening already, Anish, and that is, uh, you know, there's, there's too much power consolidated in, in too few tech companies. Uh, I, I can see the giants funding some of these startups, which is the way this all works, right? They, they may not have it in-house. This is the proper way to do it. Next thing you know, regulators are going to say, uh-oh, you know, Google or, or Microsoft, they, they acquired these, these really good startups. Now they've got a lock on the industry. Isn't that, we, we need to know what is, is going to be looked at or what isn't going to be looked at. And, and the way we are right now with Lena Khan and the FTC, I'd be afraid to do any of this stuff. I, I wish we had better, more transparent ground rules, rules of the road. Well, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I think in this area we have reasonably clear uh, rules of the road on behaviors for competition policy. The three major agencies, the Department of Justice, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and the FTC issued a joint statement on AI, acknowledging that the areas of competition remain the three big constraints, access to data, access to compute, and frankly, human capital, the talent necessary to make all of this work for the rest of us. So the cops on the beat are paying attention. They've issued that joint statement. Be careful here. Don't over-concern around the level of investment more focus should be on the actions taken. And thus far, there's really no smoking gun. Uh, There's no actions that I have seen that suggest that these large platforms are constraining uh, competition in accessing these resources. If there's evidence of the sort, that is the type of thing that the existing laws on the books today would would squash. I guess, Anisha, there have been people that have said that the current FTC shoots first and asks questions later. Or... Uh, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until you're proven innocent. Everything's going to be blocked. Everything's going to be thrown up against the wall. Some of it will stick. A lot of it won't. That would be a bad thing for us to do from a global uh, competition uh, perspective on AI if we approach it the same way the FTC is approaching a lot of other things. No? I, I would be careful in how you characterize it. They're clearly vigilant on mergers and acquisitions where there's been a gray area of how technology companies that offer products for free have evidence of consumer harm, and so they're exploring ways to identify areas of harm in mergers and acquisitions. In the area of AI, I think the idea here is more innovation, more startups, more human capital diving in. That'll help the American economy win in the global context. So that is a pro-innovation agenda that the Biden administration appears committed to. And you'll hear more, I believe, in the weeks and months ahead of startups combining forces to kind of demonstrate uh, the power of the American spirit in this very important sector well, of the economy. I hope economy. they're allowed to do that. And, and it, it's weird because, okay, so the big tech giants fund some of the, the, the current startups and maybe end up having a, more than just a casual relationship with them. So that could hurt future startups that aren't even around. So, three or four, so we're helping the current startups 
which is good for competition, but now we've got to think three or four or five years down the road about whoever the star whomever the startups are at that point. It, it, you see what I'm saying? It's like which startups are, are, are favored, which aren't. It, just let the private sector do what it's got to do with the intent of trying to make as much money as possible doing it. What's, is that okay? Uh, that I, not only do I believe that's the current status, that we're actually creating an open market, to my knowledge, roughly tens of thousands of companies have asked for, uh, call it, access to these uh, new GPT-4 front ends at Google and Microsoft. So this is not about a few winners getting access. This is tens of thousands of organizations, large enterprises and startups that are looking to incorporate what is clearly a productivity enhancing infrastructure that will be permeated throughout the economy. So right now it's about running as fast as possible for the platforms to open up the supply. I'm not seeing a lot of constraining because yeah. they happen to have one or two bets on a few startups. So you're right conceptually to keep an eye on it, but on the ground right now, this is an open marketplace and it's exciting to see the level of innovation in the at least the enterprise and uh, regulated sectors that start to see the need for productivity gains in health and energy and education as we get to a more trustworthy and secure AI infrastructure. So you expect some people that, that I was talking about that have voiced concerns about the extent of, of regulatory oversight right now, you expect them to be uh, pleasantly surprised at the light touch that, that we see. You, you're predicting that at this point. We're going we're gonna to let this baby breathe a little. You sure? My, pres my presumption is you're sort of seeing all hands on deck. There'll be more investments in R&D, so there'll be kind of a public option infrastructure for the next generation of students. You'll see these commitments to create rules of the road so we have some guardrails, and you saw the big frontier models already commit. And then you actually saw in the president's uh, announcement of commitments, calling on companies big and small to help address the cancer moonshot using these emerging technologies, almost encouraging more people to participate to do the right thing to solve a big national challenge. So my view is there's gonna be that innovation uh, ecosystem support with eyes on behavior. The minute there's any evidence that there's been some kind of uh, insider dealing and prohibiting access and constraining for competition's sake, the existing laws on the books are there for a reason and they will be enforced. But let's not, let's take a scalpel to the broad statement as to whether or not the FTC is aggressive or light touch. It's really a, it's sort of a case by case approach and in cultivating startups, I'm bullish on the innovation engine running fast and furious with guardrails. Yeah. Okay. All right. Feel a little better. We'll, we'll, but we got we'll, we'll have you back on and I hope you, you're, uh, nothing changes in the next six months and you come on like this and like, whoa, uh, you were right, Joe. Uh, anyway, thanks, Anish. Thanks for having me. Up next on Squawk Pod, retail earnings season continues. Financial reports from the biggies like Macy's and Lowe's. Former J.Crew CEO Mickey Drexler joins us on the big problem that all retailers are sadly facing, even Starbucks. All the ground coffee at the front door was gone and the guy was just taking it and everyone watched, but that's going on everywhere. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case unexplainable. It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.
Welcome back to Squawk Pod. I'm producer Katie Kramer. We are in the second straight week of major retailers reporting quarterly results, and that is giving us a read on the state of the American consumer, who you probably won't be surprised to hear is sensitive to price fluctuation. Inflation, the word of 2022, now 2023, higher prices on necessities, and a changed view of what necessities actually are, all that can lead to a tale of two consumers, those penny-pinching and those still definitely not. Here's Becky Quick. All right, it's been a busy morning for retail results. So far, we've heard from Lowe's, Macy's, and Dick's Sporting Goods. Courtney Reagan is back with some of the headlines, and that was a lot to digest. A lot, and a very mixed bag, too, really, uh, across the board for retail. So Lowe's reporting better than expected earnings, revenues as expected, comparable sales above consensus, but down 1.6%. But Dick's Sporting Goods earnings coming up a dollar short of estimates. Revenues slightly below expectations, comparable sales also weaker, shares down sharply. It's the only retailer, though, so far today that grew comps. Executive Chairman Ed Stack and son of the founder told me July sales were much stronger than May and in June. However, Stack did say that shrink, particularly theft, is going up. He expects it may get worse. He says about a third of the margin pressure was from shrink. Similarly, Macy's CEO Jeff Gannett told me shrink is elevated and it is baked into its guidance as well. Yeah, Court, thank you. Um, A lot to dig through with all of this. We want to bring in retail luminary Mickey Drexler. Among his many titles, of course, he is the former J. Crew Group chairman. He's also the CEO there. Now he is the chairman of retailer Alex Mill. And uh, Mickey, you understand this business like very few people. Um, a lot of things that are happening here. First of all, you got questions about the consumer, how they're feeling. What, what's your general sense? Well, I'm not sure I understand it better because this business, well, I hear all the forecasts. I don't know how to forecast the business in this environment. Um, you know, inflation, people don't talk about it much, but you experience it every day of your life. Credit card usage is up. Uh, uh, markdowns or sale or special promotions are still the norm. Uh, and therefore, margin comp store sales uh, is, is critical. Um, and the other factor is I always say product, 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 marketing, etc. cetera. Uh, we're having actually a very good uh, year so far because we have, I think, good product newness critical. We don't have enough newness, but uh, customers want style. They want value. And those drive, in my experience, in the fashion apparel world, that drives growth along with distinguished personality marketing. It's an emotional business. So I have no forecasts for the holiday other than, you know. So if things are doing well at Alex Mill. What do you get a sense just from inflation, as you mentioned? It's out there every day. Is it a Stunning. bigger problem? Is it a bigger problem for, for consumers to be able to keep up with it at this point? Well, the, the sticker price on cars, I mean, you know, yesterday's Wall Street Journal, one car under 20,000, 132 cars, more than 100,000. For that, I always thought like Rolls Royces and whatever. But it's really, it's huge out there, uh, inflation. Uh, and that's why I think it's going to be difficult, higher interest rates. Uh, I'm always a bad news Nelly in, in the business uh, because then it makes us keep trying to beat ourselves with 
better numbers. And, um, and we don't, right now we have a summer clearance sale. We don't put anything on sale during the seasons because that's integrity of pricing. And you know, the best discounter in the world, I always say this about Carol Meyerowitz, TJ Maxx, they're, they're, I guess, the biggest American department store, and Carol is a fantastic merchant. Vicki, the uh, Rolls Royces are now $30 million. Uh, What did you just say? Rolls Royces are now $30 million. You no, mean they, 300 they, yeah. they inter- No, they introduced a $30 million car yesterday. They're, they're only oh making four of them, but it's got a manual top. A convert, but it's thirty million. I so think inflation is a little more. You know, than if we're... anyone dares <laughs> drive that car, a car in public, <laughs> they have no self sense. Too much money. Uh, too and much even money. the regular ones, I think, are three hundred. Yeah, right. Um, no more. They're not the prettiest cars on the road either. Do you you haven't talked about shrinkage. I guess what are you going to do? That just is what it is. It's so. always been, and I, what can I talk about with small? We don't, you know, we only have two shops. Yeah. So we, it's, but the rest of the industry is, I mean, what? Dick Sporting Goods actually said that's why their stock's down $28. I don't believe that. It's got to yeah. be something it's else. It's down 19%. Well, 19% look, percent on, on people paper every day. A third of the margin. A third of the margin. Depression, depression oh shrinks God. from and, and, the, and the chairman thinks it's going to get look, worse. Re- read the papers of, you know, all over America, San Francisco can't get arrested from nice. what I know. And the employees. That was me in a bar. Yeah, can, yeah exactly. <laughs> the, uh, someone fired, I forgot which company it was, they fired two women who chased um, a thief. You're not allowed to do that. And thieves at their, at their craft, I assume, are very good. So you walk in. Look, I, Starbucks the other day, I walked in to get a coffee. I usually go to other coffee places, but all the ground coffee at the front door was gone, and the guy was just taking it, and everyone watched, but that's going on everywhere. Mickey, you talk about how you think that emotion really drives successful retailers, so who does that well right now? Emotion uh, uh, is, well, um, that's a good question. Um, I think the, the, oh, Jesus. Well, all the designers do emotion well. On the other hand, uh, the clothes expire quite immediately. Mm. Or, I mean, 3,000, 4,000. And all the press talks about, it's like they're talking about Rolls Royces to consumers. And uh, it's stunning to me that where everyone is a lemming in a sense. Um, I think restoration, my friend Gary does it really well. Uh, and there's a lot of other people. I'm just kind of going blank now. Um, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going blank. That's all right. Nikki, we are out of time. We're at the end of the hour, but we appreciate your coming into studio. It's great okay, to see you. Okay, well, always available. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. Important. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That is the podcast for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Please tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys.
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.